0: I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Here's Barrett. Shake it big. Catch it three. believe this shit is is already it's it's already December 1st can you believe that man it's Christmas time (laughs) that's crazy to me that's really crazy to me it's already December 1st you know it's crazy I mean I don't it feels like January 2020 was not that far behind but we're about to cap off 2020 Just a few weeks. I mean, that's crazy. I know everybody's saying twenty twenty was such a shit year for them. Understandably so for certain people because they've had to deal with a lot, um, especially with the virus. But for me, I try to stay positive. I've actually, I've had a good year, and I don't want that to sound controversial. But I've had a good year. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Personally, I've had, you know, I thought twenty twenty was a great year for me. In my own life, have I had my ups and downs like everybody else? Yeah. But I feel like some people are just saying it's been a shit year just for the sake of doing it because everybody else does. And there are going to be people that say that every single year. Like I know people who say, oh, it's a shit year. I hope 2020 is better. I hope 2021 is better. I hope 2022 is better. I, I've, I know people that have been saying, I hope this year is better than the next forever. And that's one of the things that always bothers me. Just enjoy your life. Stop trying to make the little things bother you. <laughs> I don't know where I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just one of the things on my mind since we're about to wrap up this year. You know, it, it, there are so many people out there who could go through who are who are are who are fucking going through so much worse. Yet we're having people you know saying this is the worst year of my life. Every single year. for And some of the reasons you hear are ridiculous. I think some people just need to take a step back and realize. Things aren't so bad after all. I've had a great year. I, for one, have enjoyed my year. Yes, of course. I would have liked to do more than I can. You know, with all these restrictions, with COVID. Sure, I get it. It's been tough. You know. People are sick. But, I mean... I personally have not let the bad things, you know, outweigh the good things. So I hope that, you know, I guess my takeaway from this whole thing is it's December 1st. It's Christmas time. For those of you who have had a bad year, don't just wrap it up yet. Try to try to make it a good last month. It's Christmas time. (laughs) And so what better way? To talk Knicks than talk about them in December. The most happy month of the year, right? Because the Knicks are such a splendid organization. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, we've got a lot to discuss. Um, And like I said, if you didn't watch episode 188, um, which was released on Monday. Monday night, early Tuesday morning. If you didn't watch or listen to that episode... That's probably going to be our final Yankees episode until some kind of news breaks, you know, because we're heading into the basketball season and here on BD4, we're going to be going heavy with the Knicks, obviously covering training camp, covering the preseason. And then obviously once the regular season starts, we're going to be um, producing episodes every two games like we usually do. So we're gonna be heavy on the Knicks, and, and the blog's gonna be active as well. Of course, I know the blog is usually quiet in the off seasons, but um, it'll rev up again. You know, we're gonna have daily recaps every game. I will be breaking down my final thoughts. So daily recaps in the blog and podcasts every two games. Um, as for the Knicks goes. As for the next go. So I hope everybody's having a good night. That all said. <laughs> I hope it's at least been a good night for you. Or I hope it's, you know, a good day for you. As you're listening to this, I hope you're off to a fantastic morning. A fantastic Wednesday morning. December 2nd. As you are listening to this or watching this, it is December 2nd. But, um, today, as I'm recording, it's December 1st, and the Knicks, well, as you can tell by the title of this episode, the Knicks are beginning camp. Camp has officially started. Today was Media Day. Media Day. Huh, boy. I never watch Media Day. Never take it serious. To me, talk is very, very cheap. Talk is meaningless to me. Talk is cheap to some people. Talk is completely meaningless to me. Okay, so I hate watching it. (laughs) You know, it's that time for fake positivity. You know, motivational quotes and, you know, narratives that we're going to run with. The fans get excited for over stupid shit. Like, it's that Marcus Morris thing. Remember Marcus Morris? Media Day last season. You know, we're a bunch of dogs. We're going to be dogs. We're going to fight. Nobody's going to beat us up on our home court. 50-something fifty uh, something losses later. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I don't think Media Day seriously. <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves when people take Media Day serious. So I didn't watch it. Never do. I caught some clips. Saw what R.J. Barrett had to say you know RJ's usually usually a quiet guy usually gives you the, the prototypical response you know the, the whatever politically correct response or whatever the term is for sports but you know they asked him today if he was upset about not making any of the um, of the all rookie first teams and he actually gave a a non RJ like response You know, so that's what I like about RJ, you know, most like he's, he's, he seems like he's in a good spot mentally, like he's focused, you know, like, like most rookies and young players love to show off on social media, you know, post their highlights, post videos on Instagram and, you know, videos of them working on new drills or videos of them working out and, and shit like that. RJ doesn't do that. He shuts up. He does his job. He's kind of the DJ LeMayu of the Knicks in that aspect. Okay, highlight that. In that aspect. You know, he's just quiet. He's got that monotone personality when you watch him and listen to him speak. He just looks like he's terribly, terribly bored up there. His face is just, there's no expression 24-7. And I'm saying that as a good thing. He's robotic You know, he's just seems like he's just focused. He's right. he's doesn't care about anything but playing basketball. And it's kind of like DJ LeMay with the Knicks, right? Well with the Yankees. So I like that mentality, how it's similar. So that's one positive I'll take away from Media Day. Is RJ, you know, I like his I like RJ being like DJ. You know, I came across one of these things on Facebook. It was, you know, I don't know, just just a picture. Not a picture, but a question. It was like, what's one of your biggest pet peeves as a sports fan? And I was thinking about it. I've got a lot of pet peeves. For those of you who know me, you know I've got a lot of fucking pet peeves. But I really think the number one on my list, trying to put this in as best word, you know, word this as best as I can, is having a conversation with somebody who doesn't know the subject or isn't as invested in the subject as much as you are, right? For example, not going to name anybody here, but one of my friends, we'll just say one of my friends, we'll call him, we'll call him Johnny. Okay. Because Johnny's not his real name. Johnny always talks to me about basketball, about the Knicks specifically. Johnny is not a Knicks fan. Johnny's a fan of another NBA team that has nothing to do with the Knicks. Johnny, if we're being really honest, and Johnny most likely doesn't watch a minute of the Knicks unless he catches a highlight here and there on Center, or unless he stumbles across MSG because he lives on the East Coast and watches something here and there. But Johnny doesn't invest 82 nights a year 48 minutes a night into the New York Knicks like I do. And so Johnny's going to tell me his opinion and what he thinks the Knicks should do and why he thinks the Knicks should be this good or this bad and what they should do and shouldn't do. And he's going to tell me why he's right and I'm wrong. That's my pet peeve. That's my pet peeve. Because I'm a respectful person. I respect people's opinion. I don't care. I don't care if you are completely on the other end of the spectrum. But when you try to say it's it's like so frustrating when you know so much and I'm not trying to be selfish or arrogant sounding, but when you know that you know a lot more than this part, this this individual you're talking to, right? When the other party has significantly less knowledge on this certain subject than you do, that's when it's really frustrating to hold it in. <laughs> and so you you just go okay okay sure sure ah oh, so that that's probably my number one pet peeve. I'm your host, Rob Carbone. You guys are listening to BD4, um, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Hope you guys are having a good day. Again, this is episode 189, talking about how the Knicks are prepping for camp. Knicks begin camp today. Um, So this episode is brought to you by Anchor. You can go to the Anchor app to download Anchor, or you can go to anchor.fm. And once you're there, begin your podcast. If you're looking to join the podcast game, you can do it from the app or on the computer. It's free to do, easy to sign up, and they'll even pay you money for reading an advertisement like I'm doing right now. So go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app. Enjoy the podcast world. Join the wonderful podcast world. All right. So what we're gonna do in this episode, guys? Um, sorry, I wasted about fifteen minutes of your time already, but um, obviously we're, we're starting to construct the roster here, right? As the days wind up in this training camp, um, or wind down, and, and we start heading towards the season, the the roster is gonna, you know, shrink, right? We're at twenty right now. You're allowed twenty at camp, um, but once the regular season begins, you're allowed fifteen plus two two two-way contracts. Um, And 13 players are allowed to be active per game. Probably not going to use all 13. You know, maybe Tibbs will use about 11 or 12 or maybe even less. But, so what we're going to do with all this is we're going to go over my rotation. The rotation that I prefer. Okay, I'll name my starting five. I'll name my second unit. And maybe I'll give a couple, you know, extra lineups that I'd like to see out there all right so we're gonna to head to break and we won't waste any further time when we get back we'll get right into the swing of things all right just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com all right, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's training camp for about 10 days. First five days are individual workouts and such. The next five days you do as a team. Dibs gets the team together. And then you get to the preseason on December 11th, uh, December 13th. Those two nights, the Knicks are in Detroit playing the Pistons, who are the Knicks of last year, loaded up with power forwards. And um, from there, we got two more after those two games, at MSG, where the Knicks host. I believe it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the regular season starts. I want to say the twenty second for the Knicks. I I'm pretty sure. So once we crack it down and we break everything, you know, we 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 shrink this roster and we get it all figured out. We have what the Knicks are going to do. Which is probably going to be completely different than what I prefer they do. Okay. So tonight, you know, so, so we don't get confused here in this episode. We're going over my ideal rotation. The rotation that I, your host, Rob Carbone, would like to see. We're not going over the rotation that the Knicks are probably going to do. We're going over the rotation with, uh, of what I would like to see. With the guys on the roster that we have right now, here's what I would do with it. Okay, so I want to make that clear. So if we're talking about the starting five, uh, what we'll do, I guess, is we'll just name the players, list them. And then I'll, I'll pick apart why I want him at the point guard position. This guy at shooting guard, this guy on the wing, and then these two in the front court. You know, we'll, we'll pick apart individually as well. And we'll do that for the starting unit. And then we'll go to the first unit off the bench. And then maybe a couple extra lineups I would like to see. All right, So, here's a controversial one. We're already going to get controversial because I know there's a lot of people, a whole lot of Knicks fans, who do not want to see this man at starting point guard. But I'll say it. I want Dennis Smith Jr. Starting point guard for the Knicks to start the season on opening night. Okay, on tip-off, I want to see DSJ at the one guard, at the lead guard position. I understand. He was absolutely terrible, and that's probably being nice last season. You know, five points per game. Jump shot looked broken. Body language was terrible. No commitment on defense. I get it. But... You look at the rotation of point guards we have right now, at least the top three point guards we have right now, with Smith, Frank, and Alfred. I think the highest ceiling, the one with the most untapped potential of those three, excuse me, is Dennis Smith Jr. Because at least with him, he's got youth. He's got athleticism. But at least with him, he showed he was capable of being a a competent NBA product before at the starting guard position. This is a kid who, for two seasons, okay, two full seasons, fucking before we got to 2019, last year, for two seasons in a row, averaged 15 points, five assists. That's credible point guard play. That's good production, okay? He's the same kid who LeBron James said the Knicks should have taken over Frank Nielakina. Right? Yeah, that was it. That was Dennis. I had to think for a second. but uh, So this is a kid with, I still think there's some untapped potential there, because at least we've seen him produced. Unlike with Frank, unlike with Alfred, who's, you know, already, we know who he is already. Don't need to see anything else. We've seen Dennis Smith put up scoring numbers before and be a credible player he's always had flaws he's never been a winning player yet but at least his rookie year and his his sophomore season at least they were you know promising to an extent i think this kid needs confidence he had a rough year last year off the court too you know his his mother died or his stepmother I think he needs confidence and the the way to get him confidence isn't sitting him on the bench and sporadically playing, playing the kid once or twice every other week. It's starting him and telling this guy, this is it, buddy. This is your shot. You think you're still in worthy of playing in the NBA? This is your shot. You need to prove it. You're playing for one of the worst teams in the league. You have nothing to lose right now. Literally anything from here on is up you've got to go out there and produce. I think that's what they should tell him. They should tell him that. And Tom Tom Tibbs has a has a resume for getting a lot out of guards. Remember that. That's one of the things you can praise him for. And I have a lot of things to knock Tibbs for, but that's one of the things you can praise him for. And even if you're not the biggest fan of DSJ, he's somebody who you could play just to to try and get that value up. Because again, you can't get worse than what he was last year. Get the trade value up. Build that value. He starts producing a little more. Maybe. Maybe you trade him. Maybe you keep him. If you like what he's doing. But I think they should start him. There's nothing to lose. For the Knicks and for DSJ. The Knicks are going to be bad no matter who they have at point next year. So why not make it DSJ? As opposed to an Alfred Payton. Number two. At the starting off guard position. Position. <clears throat> I've got Alec Burks. Listen, man. He's not, you know, anybody we drafted or, or anybody, you know, long-term like that. But he is, I think, 29 years old. And he's proven that he could provide some stability at that position. The Knicks need some stability right now. They need guys you know you're going to get some consist- consistency from. And this is somebody who can shoot the ball. Who could score the ball. And and here's one. He averaged 15 points per game last season, guys. That's the one number I've been thinking about his 15 points per game ever since we got him. I love that. That's second on the Knicks. If you put those 15 points on the Knicks last year, that's right underneath Randall. He's the second leading scorer on their entire roster. You put him in the starting lineup. I know he's not a he hasn't been an everyday starter. I don't think he's a starter. But he averaged 15 last year. I think he gave him a shot. He can shoot the ball, space out the floor. Alec Burks at the two. On the wing, in the forward spot, the small forward, I've got R.J. Barrett. Now, you can you can interchange R.J. and Alec Burks, right? Because of the two guard and the three guard and those two guys are kind of wings. So, they're, they're interchangeable, their positions. But I prefer to go Burks two and Barrett three, Um Use Barrett on the wing. You know, I don't want Barrett playing shooting guard just because he's not, you know, the guards could shoot. (laughs) And Barrett's not there yet. At least not yet. He cannot shoot the ball well yet. Put him on the wing. Let him play bully ball in the post like he does. Let him attack the basket. He's good at that. Use him as a small forward. And listen, Matt, I think Barrett's going to have a good year. I really do. People shit on this kid. They did. All last year, they criticized him. His efficiency, his efficiency, his efficiency. And I don't care. I don't care. He, he he was a nineteen year old a nineteen year old kid who put up almost fifteen points and five rebounds. Okay, fifteen and five as a fucking teenager. I'm not gonna go say he's terrible for putting up fifteen and five. That's a solid line for a teen. Is it great? Did he have a great rookie year? No. No, he didn't. But I still would like to believe he wasn't as abysmal as some people are making it think, making you think. He showed promises. His efficiency was an issue. I get it. And while it was very bad, it wasn't as horrific as people made you think. Thirty-two percent from deep. Poor percentage. Couple percentage away. It's a couple points away from being average. Really, the way people were talking about his his shooting you would have thought he was shooting Alfred Payton numbers from downtown. 20%. ZSJ numbers. In the teens. No. 32%. Not good. But, something you could build off of. Hopefully build off of. The free throw percentages were bad too. I get it. 60 something percent. But again, get that into the 70s, build it from there. Not like he was 40 30, 50%. 30, 50%. No. It's something you could still work with. It's not a lost cause. The jumper is going to depict his career. You know, will he be an all-star caliber player? Or will he be, you know, a bust for a number three pick? But I still think there are indicators that he can be somewhat average at that position. at that, at that, uh, In terms of shooting. So I've got DSJ, Burks, Barrett, one, two, and three. And in the front court, I'm going Obi Toppin at the four. Pretty self explanatory, you know. He's NBA ready, 22 years old. The most polished player in the class. And at the five, we're going Mitchell Robinson because you know what? It's year three of his career. Enough baby in the kid. Let him go out there and eat. Let him go out there and eat. Let him play basketball. It's about fucking time we stop babying this kid, man. Put him out there. I'm tired of seeing him come off the bench. Tired of it. I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of people advocating for him to come off the bench. If this is your cornerstone, and everybody agrees he is a cornerstone, let's fucking get him starting. Cornerstones don't sit on the bench in year three. You're in three right there, three, four, five. 3 hits on draft picks. You would like to think. On the surface, these three players look, look promising. We still have yet to see Toppin, but but you know Barrett, Toppin, Robinson. You drafted these three kids to be part of your corner, to part of your future. To be the three pillars you build around. Those three guys right there. They should be starting. Learn to play together. If they're going to be here. For years to come. They have got to learn to play together at the same time. Start all three of them. So that's my starting five. Okay. DSJ. Burks. Barrett. Toppin. Mitch. All right. So we're going to take one more break. And when we get back from break. We're going to go over my second unit. With Randall. And then we'll do a second unit. Without Randall. You know. For whenever he is traded. All right. All right. Be right back. It's just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. All right, so as I was saying, we've got to figure out what to do with Julius, right? We drafted Toppin. It's got to lead you to believe that at some point the Knicks are going to be looking to move him. Randall. But while he is here, you know, because he's still on this roster as we speak, unfortunately. Here's my second unit with Randall. Austin Rivers will be starting, well, will be coming off the bench at the point guard position. I have Frank Nealquina at the 2. Okay, because I think he is, listen, I I think at this point in Frank's career, we've talked about this before, he is who he is, okay? I'm not saying he won't ever get better, but I'm saying he's probably not going to be lottery pick, putting up lottery pick numbers, right? But I think he, he is more suited at the two spot. I think he's a good defensive wing to come off the bench, and hopefully we can give him north of 27 minutes per game this year and maybe into the 30s. But I think if we can use him at the two spot, play him off the ball, that's usually where he thrives, right? He was thriving off the ball a lot last season, especially in the second half we saw that. We saw that under Miller. Use him in the corners, right? Run to the corners to shoot the three. He's a very good three-point shooter in the corners. He was 48% in 2020 in the corners, and he's 37% in the corners when you take all three of his careers, uh, seasons of his career, and you look at the coach the Knicks have in tips. he's always using the corners, he's always using the entire court, spacing out the floor, and getting the guys to shoot the most efficient three-point shot there is in the game. So, I think if there's one player that might find some success amongst the young kids. Under Tom Thibodeau, it might be Frank Aquino. We might see see some impressive numbers. Or more impressive than we've yeah, than the usual six points, two steals. <laughs> Maybe he starts creeping up there a little bit. I really think he could thrive under a Tom Thibodeau system. So Rivers at the one. Frank at the two, off the bench. At the three. Again, this is Wild Randall is here. Kevin Knox because I think he's not played well enough to get a start. Knox. But I do think he needs to get consistent minutes as a regular in order to find his footing in the NBA. Some people want him in the G League and I think that 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 makes sense. You could do that. But while he's here, you know with the roster we're looking at right here, Kevin Knox coming off the bench is a good start. That's a good starting point. Tibbs is going to get on his ass. If he doesn't play D, listen, if he plays Z the way he did so far, the way he has so far, he's not going to last under Tom Thibodeau. I'll tell you that right now. So I think Tibbs is going to press him hard. But I think, there you go. You got Knox at the three. And this is with Randall. So you go Randall at the four. Um, if he's still here, if he's still here, you use him off the, uh, off the bench as a four. Use him as a six man. But just can't have him start. You don't want to stun Obi's growth, who's already twenty-two, and keep him and Obi off the floor together. You cannot pair those two together. That's just a terrible pairing. The defense is just gonna be, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be welcoming the opposing squad into the paint. Pick and roll Mania, it's gonna be terrible. And and if Obi's swing skill doesn't translate into in his shooting, that's another thing to worry about. So you can't pair Obi and Randall. Okay. That's one thing you cannot do. And at five, backing up at the five, obviously Nerlandz Noel, a good, solid, athletic, defensive-minded backup, who's fairly young too. If he plays well, maybe we keep him around. But there you go. That's my starting five. That's my second unit. And obviously to round out the roster. Uh, Three more players would make 13 actives. You could go quickly. Bullock, Payton, mix them in the rotation somewhere. And then maybe Spellman and Iggy to make 15. And then your two guys on two-way contracts at the moment are Harper and Pinson. Now if Randall isn't here and we eventually trade him I think with the second unit you'll go Rivers, Frank and maybe you go Iggy. Brasdegas at the three. I would love for Iggy to get a shot. He didn't get a shot last year couple garbage minutes but that was about it I still think there's something there I like his craft I like his IQ I think he has shooting potential has a taller wing reminds me a lot um, a lot of Joe Angles or is it Inglés? that guy on the jazz <laughs> of Joe Angles Similar type of a uh, style. So I would like to see Iggy. With the second unit. I know that's a big ask. And it's not going to happen. I'm telling you right now the Knicks won't do that. But while we're talking my preferences. If we're talking about a second unit. Without Randall on this squad. Rivers. Frank. Iggy. 1, 2, and 3. In the front court. You slide knocks up at the 4. If Randall isn't here you're sliding knocks from the three to the four with the second unit. I think he's best suited in the four role, you know, as a, a stretch four wing to come off the bench at the moment. Catch and shoot guy. Making cuts off the ball. He's shown potential to be some something like that that can resemble, you know, a stretch four shooting wing. And at the five, of course, again, New Orleans Noel. Quickly, Bullock, Payton make the 11-12-13. Uh, Spellman, and then maybe one of MKG, Evans, or Powell to round off the 14-15. Uh, to and, and then again, Harper and Pinson are your two-way guys. Tom Thibodeau is an old-school coach, but um, sometimes the roster is just constructed to where you might have to do some new-school things. And, and uh, if the Knicks have some small ball out there, I was thinking about what that could look like. You know. Maybe you put Emmanuel quickly at the one. In a small ball lineup. With Frank at the two. Bullock at the three. Knox at the four. And then Obi Toppin playing the small ball five. Gives you some shooting man. Uh, But I, I would like to go away from Peyton as much as we can man. And we've discussed this before. We already know who he is. Right? We drafted quickly so we may as well make the best use of that. Get him... Get him out there to space the floor. Shoot the ball. Run some point. And, and quickly and Frank could also obviously interchange the one and two spots. Um, but I really... I We don't need any more Peyton. We don't. We've seen enough of Alfred. You know. He's been in the league a bit. He's been in the league for what? Seven years? Eight years? Maybe. Something like that. He's put up the same exact numbers. Been the same exact type of player. Has not once improved his shooting. You know. He is who he is. People know that. Plays good defense when he wants to. But isn't somebody you want to build your team around at the point guard position. And isn't somebody who's going to be with the Knicks long term. He's a stopgap. So I would like to see as many point guards not named Peyton that we're trying to develop as we can. Listen, you're not going anywhere. There's no point in just trying to put out you know, temporary players just to scrape up a couple more wins. My goal for the Knicks, and obviously this is a shortened season, it's a 72-game season as opposed to 82 games. But I think my goal for this team is, is, you know, if you can win... They were on track for 30 last year if they played a full 82. They only played 66, okay? So they were like 22 wins at that mark, or 23 I think they finished with. If they can, you know, get the equivalent to whatever 30 wins is this upcoming season... And it's from the youths, the young players. That's huge. You know, if the young kids are learning how to win and they're the ones who are scraping up these wins, love it. But if it's the vets, the stopgaps, the temporary dudes, that's when you go yuck, right? So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we could do some shit like this, guys. But that's it. That's my roster. I just constructed you the. 15-man roster plus the two additional G League guys. That's who I've got. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Do you like my starting five, my second unit? Do you like some of my ideas? Do you hate it? Let me know. Just what I think. That's all. All right? That's it, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm your host, Rob Carbone. Episode 189 of the podcast. So let's head to the, uh, the NYY NYK question of the day before we, before can't talk before we wrap all this up. All right, let's get to it. All right. So, In episode 188, we were talking Yankees, and I asked you guys which Yankees pitcher earned his 300th career win while becoming the oldest pitcher to record a shutout. Well, the answer to that question, Phil Necro, at 41 years old, did so. Pretty neat. Tonight's question, our NYYNYK question of the day. We talked about this with the Yankees before. Where were the Yankees originally located? So, where were the Knicks originally located? If you're an idiot, you won't get it. If you're somewhat somewhat smart, you'll get this without a doubt. Alright guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm your host Rob Carbone. This has been episode 189 189 of the podcast of BD4 brought to you by anchor BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for stopping by. Merry Christmas. It's December 1st, December 2nd, whenever you're listening to this. God bless. And I'll see you next time. All right. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.